Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have some of the Jimmy Fallon uh, hashtags. Oh, those are good. And this is really weird things our siblings did. Okay. Or us and our siblings did. Okay. While other children pretended to be princesses, my sister pretended to be a microwave. (laughs) (laughs) My brother and I used to uh, to look for the biggest earthworm outside when it would rain. Then paraded around the neighborhood calling it the beautiful gorgeous. (laughs) One of my brothers wanted to grow up and be a Muppet. The other wanted to be a Clydesdale horse. (laughs) Alrighty. My bro got locked out of his car, so my mom told him to use his AAA card. He tried to pick the lock with it. Oh my god. Uh, my brother made pretend fart noises so much at school that they made a rule outlawing it. So whenever he actually farted, he shouted, That came from my butt, swear to God. <laughs> uh, my sister and I had my baby brother convinced that he had a twin that we kept in the closet and would take him out and play with him and have fun whenever he wasn't around. Aww, rude. <laughs> My brother used to sleep with his head at the foot of the bed and his feet on the pillow. He said, if the boogeyman comes, he'll smell my feet and run away. (laughs) That's pretty smart. (laughs) My brother tried to flush me down the toilet when I was less than two, and I was willing to go. My mom had to break a window to save me and had to get stitches on her hand. Oh, no. When we were kids, I made a pretend cake in the sandbox. My sister took a bite and cried when she found out it was fake. Then she took another bite. (laughs) Kids are stupid. (laughs) Me and my four brothers playing hide and seek. One hid on top of the fridge. Getting down, his belt caught on the door. The fridge tips. (gasps) He's hanging in midair as all the food falls out on the kitchen floor. Oh, my God. My oldest sister would somehow always be in the kitchen late at night, and when me and my little sister would get up to use the bathroom, she would run at us at all fours. It was the creepiest (gasps) thing ever. Oh, my God. (laughs) I would die. Hell, yeah. That would be so scary. My brother went to an exhibition at uh, the Museum of Modern Art and took photos of the fire extinguisher, thinking it was a work of art. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Me and my older sister had bunk beds, and sometimes I would sleep with her, but she had a lot of rules, so I didn't annoy her, and one of the rules was I couldn't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Such a sister thing to say. (laughs) My sister and my cousin used to cover their backs in baby oil and lay out and get sunburned. 
they'd have a competition of who could peel all of their back skin off in one sheet. Oh. Holy shit. That was... Skin cancer waiting to happen. Before the internet, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One sis and I thought we were sneaking ice cream grabbed spoons and put a scoop of lard in our mouths oh found out mom saw us and laughed her ass off (laughs) i probably made her day hell yeah (laughs) as a child my sister would act like a cat and hiss at you if i if you upset her that's kind of normal i think yeah i think so my older brother and sister lived on the third floor my brother would tie a thread around his dirty underpants, hang them from the landing, and tie the thread across the steps. Then, my sister went upstairs, she would break the thread, and the underpants would land on her head. Oh my god, that was great! <laughs> Hopefully he's like an engineer now or something. Yeah, I was gonna say, the precision it would take to know exactly how it would fall... that's awesome yeah (laughs) Uh, my little brother would go to sleep in his school clothes to have time uh, to save time getting dressed in the morning except he always wore his t-shirt inside out and backwards i don't Mm. understand that when my twin brother was little he wanted to be a bus driver he pretended to be one he used a stool on his side as a steering wheel and made us buy tickets and sit behind him when we wanted to stop pretending, he made us make a ding sound so we could get out. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be like a bus driver in a former life or I something. Wonder. Yeah. And he loved it. <laughs> My bro used to hide behind trifold poster board when the teacher took attendance, then inch it up to the teacher's desk throughout the class until he reached it and pop out and say, It's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. (laughs) My friend's brother would shove bits of french fries up his nose and shoot them at targets on the table. No. Lovely. My sister and I would eat peas like pills with a big glass of milk. I get that. Yep, me too. (laughs) When I was young, my brother and the neighbor kid would play horse by crawling around on the kitchen floor and eating raw oats out of a saucer. Ew. <laughs> they were horses. <laughs> Can't you just pretend it like you're eating oats? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my sister used to eat muffin mix straight out of the bag, completely dry. That's gross. <laughs> my brother went to a state-of-the-art restaurant and chewed on a hand-washing wipe for a few minutes, thinking it was food. Oh. Oh, that was my last one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those are mine for the week. I get my old lady glasses on. All right. This week, I did 10 bone-chilling Tennessee mysteries that will give you nightmares. Ooh, what's up with Tennessee? I don't know. Let's see. Okay. Sorry. Number 10. The Strange Death of Blair Adams. Knoxville, Tennessee was the place of this heartbreaking and strange murder. Blair Adams was found amongst scattered international currency in a hotel parking lot. What? It was July 1996, and his death was confirmed to be due to a severe blow to the abdomen. Abdomen. 
The strangest part about the whole thing, in the days leading up to the murder, he took all the money out of his savings account and attempted to cross the Canadian-American border. After being denied, he crisscrossed the country before becoming stranded in East Tennessee. His worrisome behavior may point to a deeper issue that, like the case, remains open-ended. That's weird. Yeah. What would a bunch of money be around? And, like, different currencies? I don't know. That is super strange. Yeah, it is. And how is it not solved? You'd think that would be, like, a bunch of clues. Yeah. Huh. Weird. I don't know. Number nine, Captain D's tragedy. In July of 2000, Smyrna, Tennessee, was the stage for an awful murder. An apparent robbery gone awry at the local Captain D's left three fast food workers dead. One, William Snell, was found dead in his car, while Scott Myers and Brian Speet were shot and left in the food cooler. In late 2001, two suspects were charged with premeditated murder regarding the case, but the details and reasoning behind the brutal murders remain behind bars. How... Was he in his car? I know. I don't know. That's weird. Was he shot? You know? Uh, said the other two were shot. Just said he was found dead in his car. It didn't say what? how. That's really weird. Unless he was shot. If he was shot in his car, that would make sense that he was trying to get away and they shot him. Yeah. But if he's just chilling in his car dead? Mm, weird. Know. Number eight, the Cheryl Holland story. Sweet Joe and Maddie Harvey disappeared from their Tennessee home in early 1991. Just days after the vanishing, their home was set on fire and their niece, Cheryl Holland, suspiciously suspiciously disappeared. Her husband went on to confess that both she and him murdered the couple for money. The bodies were found in the trunk of a car in mid-April. Thankfully, this awful story has a sweeter ending. Not even an hour after the story aired on Unsolved Mysteries, Cheryl was arrested in Texas. Heartbreaking, sad, but solved. Well, nice. Thank God for Unsolved Mysteries and Robert Stack. They haven't had a new season come up recently, have they? No, but they... I think they wait a long time to... Maybe to get enough stories Probably, yeah. Number seven, Georgia Tan's Children. Beulah George, Georgia Tan, was a Memphis woman with a mission. A dark mission. It was between 1924 and 1950 that she scammed, manipulated, and brutally pressured poor mothers to sell their children. What? Yes, you heard that right. Sell. She had a ring of adoptive parents clamoring for the children she could provide, eventually serving all 48 states. She erased the children's histories and sent them to wealthy families that could afford the high bill. The awful living conditions left many of her wards sick and even more dead. A large majority of these children ended up seeking their birth families later in life. Famous famous presumed clientele of Tans include Joan Crawford, June Allison, and Pearl Buck. Wow. That is crazy. I wonder if they knew how she was getting these kids. I don't know. I doubt it. Probably not. Number six, the housecoat murders. On March 7th, 1991, Pauline George came home from work and settled in for the evening. She took a shower, went through her mail, and donned a housecoat. Her body was found in the basement three hours later. 
Her boyfriend found her body brutally beat up and stabbed multiple times. No money or jewelry was missing from the home. The case remains unsolved, and the Knox County Sheriff's Office continues to keep it open. That is terrifying. I know. What it's like happened? They didn't want it. They wanted to kill her. Yeah. They wanted to go kill her. That is horrible. Holy shit. Number five, Joe Shepard, missing man. When the beautiful Roxanne Woodson disappeared in 1978 from Teleco Plain, Tennessee, there was an uproar. Joe Shepard was eventually connected to the case and attempted to shoot his way out of an arrest later that year. He was found in Ontario, Canada after escaping from prison and given a life sentence. His strange stalking of the young woman and subsequent violent outbursts left the community in a state of unease. Number four, the murder of Kevin Hughes. Nashville's Cashbox magazine lost a great researcher when Kevin was found murdered by an unknown gunman. He was shot in his vehicle with his friend who survived the attack. Suspicious clues led investigators to take a look at his co-workers, one of whom was Richard D'Antonio. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They dug up incriminating evidence that D'Antonio was accepting money to boost music artists on the chart list and Hughes found out, leaving the desperate man with a murderous mind. D'Antonio, I can't say that, was charged with first-degree murder and will not be up for parole until 2036. Number three, medical mystery of Shana Isom. Memphis was given a creepy medical mystery in the form of Shana Isom, a young woman complaining of severe eczema. With scabs forming all over her newly skinny body, her and her family were becoming desperate. The diagnosis, an unknown skin condition that caused her body to produce a massive amount of skin cells. The overproduction causing her to grow fingernails on her body instead of hair. Oh my god. John Hopkins has taken over the baffling case in hopes to ease the young woman's pain and confusion. That is horrifying. That is horrifying. And why did they have to bring up her newly skinny body? I don't know. Unless they think that... Because of that, she lost a bunch of weight or something, maybe? I don't know. That is weird. That is weird. Ugh. That'd be awful. Ugh. I can't even imagine. No. Number two, the disappearance of Martha Doe Roberts. August of 1992 was a sad time for the Roberts family when Martha Doe vanished from her home. Her husband was then threatened over the telephone. A large ransom of $100,000 was demanded for a safe return of his wife. It took a year and sadly Martha was found murdered. The suspect, Charles Jackson Lord, an associate of her husband's that was crippled by debt. Her body was buried under a compost heap, and she was believed to have been dead only hours after the initial abduction. Oh, what is wrong with people? I I don't know. It's awful. And my last one, number one, the blood-stained crypt of Nina Cragmiles. One mystery that continues to plague Cleveland, Tennessee, is the grave of Nina Cragmiles. Killed at age seven by a rogue buggy, the little girl was buried with honor in the local cemetery. Almost immediately, bloodstains appeared on the whitewashed marble of the tomb. The community was horrified, but no matter how many times they were scrubbed, the stains would always return. 
Unsolved mystery or just a message from the grave? We'll never know. That's creepy. And that's all I got. Was it blood? Did they test it? I don't know. Is it actually blood? That is weird. Anyway. Um, I actually have some chilling, unexplainable experiences. Cool. One afternoon in college, I came back from classes and decided to sit on the couch and have a snack. After that, I just passed out. I had a nightmare of a bloody-faced demon thing screaming in my ear at the top of its lungs. I then woke up and went about the rest of my day. My roommate comes back later that night and goes into his room, and I'm sitting in the main living area. At some point, he lets out this random startled scream. Panicking, I run down the hall to see what's going on. His words chilled me to the bone. He looks at me and says, I swear to God, someone with a bloody face just walked from your bedroom into the bathroom. I never told him about my nightmare I had earlier that day. After that, I didn't sleep for two days straight. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking creepy. Ugh. I used to work in a small office, which was about 60 people at maximum capacity. We had a security guard on duty 24-7. One night, I had to stay super duper late by myself because I had to leave early the next day and needed to finish my workload. All of my coworkers were gone by around 10 p.m. Cleaning crews coming in, and now it's just me and the security guard. The place is dark, but I'm not frightened because I'm not scared of most things. The security guard is really is a really nice dude, and we're in a safe neighborhood. The security guards are required to make their rounds every couple of hours just to make sure things are fine. Sometimes they say some something to us, most of the time they don't. Tonight, nice guy security dude stops by my cubicle and asks everything alright? Big friendly grin on his face, per usual. All good here, thanks. I go back to work. 20 minutes later, he's back again. Big grin. Everything all right? Yep, nothing yet. 20 minutes later, he's back again. Big grin. At this point, I'm getting a little creeped out. There's no need for him to come by this frequently. In fact, it's disruptive. I also notice that the way he interacts with me is always exactly the same as if it were a time loop. Same big grin. Same initation? 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 I don't know. Uh, same rhythm of speech. Not only that, I notice that he whistles the same thing at around the same time, so if I turn off the music in my headphones, I can hear his whistling coming closer before he asks, everything all right? It's around midnight, and I'm totally freaked out. I try to rationalize this to myself because I have to get this work done. I'm rushing through my work, to keep, and I keep hearing that whistling behind me. Surely he won't be coming back again. Everything all right? At this point, I'm fully terrified. I no longer trust this guy I used to feel so safe around. I was a young woman, mid-twenties, and the security guard is a dude in his fifties. I couldn't finish everything, but I wrote an email to my supervisor saying that the security guard is acting very strange and I didn't feel safe. I shut everything down and tried to rush to the exit. I don't run into the security guard, or so I think. Just as I'm feeling free and clear, I hear, bye now, behind me. He's standing there in the dark hallway, big grin, just standing there and watching. I mumble something and sprint to my car. The next day, I rush to my supervisor to try to explain what happened the night before. In the light of day, it kind of felt like I might have overreacted or maybe my mind was playing tricks on me. Then I learned the dark truth. Turns out, the dude just disappeared. He's missing. I'm pretty sure they still haven't found him to this day. 
The security guard company just kind of dismissed it as some flaky guy who quit for no reason and no one seemed to be pursuing it much. He must have been suffering some kind of mental health issue or something, but until that night, he was just a super nice, trustworthy, reliable security guard who everyone loved. It also felt like some kind of weird paranormal stuff because it really felt like something had taken over inside of him. That is so weird. I know. I've got chills. Like, did he have a mental break like that night? I don't know. Big grin. Or was he even really there? Was he, like, dead and... Is he in a time loop? I don't know. Is that why he disappeared? Holy shit. So weird. Creepy. All right. And next one, when I was an early teenager, I got involved with a Big Brothers program. The Big Brother was a guy named Chris who, like me, was a little odd, so we got along really well and hung out a lot. When we had been paired for about a year, he told me that he was going on a trip to Baltimore. He also told me the date that he would be back on. I waited for a few days after his return date before trying to call him, but when I did, the person on the other line said, there's no Chris here. I looked in the phone book to make sure I had dialed correctly, and I know that for a fact I did because the number I had circled, it matched the number I had dialed. But the man repeated, We've been living here a long time, and there's never been a Chris here. Chris never returned from Baltimore, and neither neither I nor the Big Brother program ever heard from him again. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, it is. Next one, I used to work at uh, the night shift for a group home for the mentally disabled or severely mentally ill. At one house I worked at, there was constant scratching coming from the walls. I figured it was just squirrels, but now I'm not too sure. We had set a lot of traps and never caught anything, but this isn't what made me a believer. What happened was one night I was watching TV in the living room after all the residents had fallen asleep. After 3 a.m., the doorbell starts ringing like someone is frantically pushing it. I got up and went to the door, but when I got there and opened it, nobody was there. Now, there are three things you need to know about this entryway. First, the entry goes into the living room and I can see it from the couch. Second, the front door has a very large window in it that is two-thirds of the door. Lastly, the walkway to the front doorknob is about 20 to 30 is a 20 to 30 foot corridor that has a brick wall on either side. So in order to ding-dong ditch, you'd have to run back that entire length to be able to duck around a corner. So basically, I didn't understand how anyone could have rang the bell, but they did. I figured it was I was being pranked by one of the more mischievous residents, so I went and checked on them all. They were all fast asleep. As soon as I finished shutting the last resident's door, the doorbell started frantically ringing again. I rushed to the door again, only to find nobody there. This time I was determined to catch them, so I turned all the lights off except the TV and hid right beside the door so I'd be able to immediately open it when they came back. (laughs) That's funny, sorry. (laughs) After 20 minutes, the doorbell started going insane again. I jumped out quickly and turned on the walkway lights and looked out the window, but nobody was there. I then opened the door, thinking maybe they were hiding to the side of the door like I had. After seeing nobody there again, my stomach dropped and I got a feeling of dread. I slowly started closing the door, and as soon as the door was almost closed all the way, the doorbell started going nuts again. 
and stayed that way for at least 15 minutes before <gasps> it stopped. Oh my gosh, I've got chills. Me too. Oh my gosh. It was almost as if whatever it was took great pleasure in mocking and taunting me. I locked the door and ran my butt to the couch after turning all the lights on I could. Another disturbing thing about this is it seemed to read my mind. Whenever I got the urge to go outside and smoke, it would start the doorbell again. It's like it didn't want me to forget it's there and its threat. Looking back, I'm pretty sure it was a poltergeist. That place was rife with bad energy, as most group homes are. A lot of suffering and raw emotions happen at those places. It also didn't help that we had a resident there who had literally gone insane after watching his parents get murdered in front of him and a medium-low-functioning schizophrenic with what I've confirmed as at least eight distinct people talking to him in his head. Oh my god, that's terrible. Both of these residents are constantly having stuff knocked off their shelves and walls in the middle of the night and it's super common for them to be yelling at people who aren't there to shut up in the middle of the night. I used to think it was just mental illness, but now I'm not too sure. Well, so there's other people living in this house, right? Yeah. So with that doorbell going as much as it did, why didn't anyone else wake up? Oh, are they going nuts? I don't know. Weird. I don't know. Yeah, you would think that someone would be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Especially if it was going on for 15 minutes. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. That's creepy, though. Next one, I came home late one night and immediately sensed that something was off. I looked around and was terrified to find a strange man on my couch in the dark. Mm. I figured it was probably one of my roommate's friends. I was so wrong. Ignoring the man as best as I could, I went to bed. No. I was awoken at 4 a.m. by a soft drumming on my door. It got louder and louder until it sounded like someone was frantically clawing at the wood. I texted my roommate and said her friend is freaking me out, and she texted back, what friend? I called 911, and by that time, he had frantically he was frantically pounding on the door, trying to break through it. The guy ended up seeing the officers coming and ran out of there before they could catch him. We, we never saw him again, but never felt safe in that apartment again either. Oh my god, you fucking just, like, ignored him and went to bed? No. What the hell? That is that is just the creepiest thing in the entire world because, like, <laughs> you saw a creepy dude in your house and you went to bed. What? Holy shit. I would have had to gotten some information. Yeah, like, um, who are you? What are you doing here? Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh my god, that is nuts. Okay. Next one. Uh, I am the first and only grandchild in my family, so my grandma has always been very fond of me. She was always planning birthday parties for me, and every year she said she couldn't wait for me to turn 15 because it's a very celebrated birthday in my country. When I turned nine, I made a terrifying prediction to her. I ominously told her that she wouldn't make it till then, and that, in fact, she would only be there for my 10th birthday. I had no idea what made me say that, but the prediction came true. She passed exactly two weeks after I turned 10. My whole family still remembers that to this day. Mm, That sucks. Yeah, that's scary. (laughs) Next one, many years ago, I was looking for a Halloween costume with my mom to wear to elementary school. 
This occasion was a big deal to me because I was homeschooled before that. We spent a couple hours going through several stores and couldn't find anything that I liked. It was getting dark outside, so we were going to to have to find something and go home soon. There was an old Halloween costume store, one of those really weird places that somehow is open year-round. We decided to go in and check it out as a last-ditch effort to find something. We got out of the car and walked through the front doors, and then... uh, We then get up the steps to go into the place and something comes over me that I still can't explain. I felt huge, unbearable pressure all over my whole body like the physical feeling of being hated by something. Imagine that feeling combined with the sense of something wanting to hurt me and wanting me to leave. My little third grade self turned and looked at my mom and in the same instant she turned and looked at me. It was extremely freaky. We didn't say a single thing to each other. We just turned around, went back to the car, after only walking three steps into the store. I remember getting inside the car and asking my mom if she felt the same thing that I did. She said that she had essentially had the same exact experience as me. We prayed together in the car and then left. As an adult, I can still remember how bad it was, and I'm getting tensed up writing about it. On the bright side... I did end up with a costume that year, though. We went home, and my mom stayed up late with me working to cobble together a cowboy costume from things we had at home. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Next one. One evening back in the 1980s, my mom was getting ready to watch a scary movie while my dad was away on a training trip. It was one of the first nights she had ever spent on her own in her entire life as she moved straight from her father's house to the sorority house and then to her husband's house. So she made sure to lock up, check every window, door, nook, and cranny in the house before she put the movie on. There was not a single way in or out of the house that hadn't been closed up, yet halfway through the movie she heard a noise. It was coming from the kitchen. So she gingerly tiptoed around the corner and found something shocking. There was a black and white cat sitting in the middle of the room staring at her. They didn't have any pets. She decided to keep her. My mom named her Devil Kitty, and she was the first cat I ever had. (laughs) That's cute. That's great. Devil Kitty. (laughs) Next one. Uh, This was a true experience. Many years ago, I was working in a shop with an old lady... I was working in a shop and an old lady had purchased several bags of groceries. It was a little icy outside and I knew the lady lived fewer than 100 yards away from the store, so I offered to take her groceries home for her. She was shocked that I would offer and ever so grateful. On the way to her house, she kept thinking or she kept saying thank you to me. I told her it was no problem and I was happy to help. She said she wished more people were like me, uh, helpful, etc. And we reached, as we reached her door, she opened it and stepped away so I could enter. I told her that it was okay, that I was okay holding the bags and she should go in the house and get out of the cold. She thanked me again and stepped into the doorway, took a few steps down the hall. I walked in behind her and put the shopping bags on the floor. I asked her if she wanted me to put, to help her put her things away. And she insisted I had done enough and thank, done enough and thanked me again and again. I stepped outside and turned around to say bye to her. As she was closing the door, she said, Thank you, young man. I will watch over your soul from heaven. A few days later, her body was found in her home, in the hallway, next to a few bags of slowly rotting groceries. Oh my gosh. Crazy. I got chills again. Me too. 
I took care of a lady who had end-stage end renal disease and was minutes away from passing and unresponsive in bed. My charting station was right outside her doorway, and while I was waiting for her only daughter to arrive, I was completing some of my paperwork in full view of the door of the patient's room. That's when a terrifying thing happened. The daughter finally showed up, very upset, yelling that she wanted me to help her mother get out of the elevator. We both ran to the elevator that was empty. The daughter and I went to the room as her mother took her last breath. The, door, the daughter swore up and down that she rode in the elevator with her mother from the lobby to the 12th floor. When they arrived at the 12th floor, her mother told her to go get the nurse and help her get back to her room, and she would wait in the elevator because she was too weak to walk back to her room. You think she was already dead? What? Yeah, well, yeah. But they saw her took her last breath in the... I mean, I guess that doesn't mean... I don't know. Weird. That's strange. All right. Well, those were mine for the week. All right. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up! All right. Did I say it's time for the witty wrap-up? Yeah, yet? you did. Oh, I okay. said, yay, witty wrap-up! Okay. Here we go. In a second. <laughs> Some tough news. I've discovered my daughter got confused by the word editor and instead tells people that her mom is a predator. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that is not good. Really hoping she's very young. Yeah. Told my two-year-old we could do something just me and him this afternoon and asked what he wanted to do. And he said, can I have a meltdown? Oh, honestly, sure. This advanced warning is great for planning purposes and appreciate it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> LOL. My daughter told me lately at school recess, she's been gardening. And I was like, what? And she said, I asked the recess teacher if I could just have a bit of earth. Well, that's nice, I guess. Okay. <laughs> All right, little boxes of Fruit Loops. My kids walking into a $27.99 per person resort breakfast buffet. Oh my god. I would murder them. Murder. <laughs> I called the family for dinner and no one came, so I ate a hot meal in absolute peace. Oh my god, you guys, food actually tastes like stuff. <laughs> Why'd nobody come? I don't know. I guess weird. they weren't hungry. I guess not. My toddler tripped over one of her toys and fell to the ground, but instead of crying, she just laid down on the floor as if that was what she meant to do all along. <laughs> of course. I meant to do that. <laughs> My 11-year-old made a grocery list, and the only item on it was cake. I have so much to learn from her. I like it. In and out. <laughs> I'm almost at the end of my childhood, and pretty soon I'll be a teenager. My six-year-old trying to ruin my day, apparently. <laughs> if you're over 50 and go into a bounce house, you deserve whatever injury you're about to get. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, super true. <laughs> this is true. Little kids say the wildest stuff, and it is more often than not very funny. A few weeks ago, my son looked me dead in the eyes and said, Daddy, did you know people are meat? <laughs> my kid, mommy's mad. Husband, no, she's not. She told me she was fine. My kid, 
I've known mommy for less years than you, and even I know I'm fine means that she is definitely mad. <laughs> yeah, your kids know definitely more about yeah. you. Than, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Pro tip, if your kid asks you for an app and says it's free, in two days you'll get charged $80. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> me. Oh, sweetie, you have my teen. Oh, my God. Let me live my life. <laughs> me now whispering, your leggings on inside out, but please go live your life. <laughs> Spying. Oh, that's not right. Playing I spy with my little eye with my five-year-old daughter who has now spied something white for three consecutive turns, please send beer. <laughs> hey, if you didn't stock up on your own beer, you're out of luck. <laughs> I kicked 10 and 8-year-old out of the house to play. They're currently on the trampoline, sliding around and shocking each other so bad they're screaming in pain. Being a kid is magical. <laughs> Nothing ruins your favorite movie quite like watching it with your children. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so true. I know. It's the worst. Yeah, don't uh, ever ask your kids to watch your favorite movie. No, they will ruin it. Well, yeah. I tried to <laughs> I tried to watch The Shining with Peyton. I'm like, this is like the best movie. Oh. And he's just sitting there and he's like, is this over yet? Mm. He was so bored. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, they ruin it. Whatever. Go away. <laughs> family vacation is 80% waiting in line, 70% getting annoyed at your family, 200% spending more money than you wanted to, 50% failed attempts at taking cute photos of your kids, and 10% enjoying the activities. The math checks out, trust me. Staycations. Yep. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Three things I wish I knew before I had kids. Number one, nobody's perfect. Number two, never ask what they want for dinner. And number three, the winning Powerball numbers. It doesn't matter if you ask them what they want for dinner. They just say, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you just don't ask. Don't ask anything. Ever. Yeah, exactly. It's all up to you. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Like, eh. I get grunts and shoulder shrugs and... yeah. Annoying. No information. Yep. For my son's birthday, we got his girlfriend a new hoodie. Hmm? Because girlfriends always take their boyfriend's hoodies. Read that again, though. My son's For my son's birthday, we got his girlfriend oh, a new hoodie. That's funny. <laughs> I missed something there. I was... Oh. <laughs> Last night, I hid the Oreos under my son's folded clothes in a basket and asked him to put it away. But he swears he did. Now he's standing in front of the pantry, freaking out that the Oreos are gone. Who wants to tell him? <laughs> That's funny. My kids are upset because they can't think of April Fool's pranks because they're just kids. So I told them the biggest joke of all is growing up and cried. I don't think I helped anything. <laughs> nope, that's not helpful. <laughs> no. Funny how my kid knows the answer to everything unless it's something I specifically asked. Seven-year-old, Daddy, you're so talented. Me, aw, thank you. Seven-year-old, last night your snoring sounded like a pig was beatboxing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
holy shit, I want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) And that was my last one. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.